I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. It's Amberly Lyons here. I am your spiritual BFF. I'm also a chakra expert and the founder of Chakra Girl Co. and the Glam and Grounded Life membership, where we are making the world more chic and connected, one activated chakra at a time. Today, we have a really amazing guest, guys. His name is Kanwar Singh, aka Humble the Poet. He's an author, a hip hop artist, a speaker, a designer, filmmaker, and a creative consultant. He does all the things. And his new book, Things No One Else Can Teach Us has been an absolute page turner for me. I can't put it down. It's full of stories and lessons that are just all so relatable. So today we're really getting into mindfulness and consciousness, and we're talking about really using mindfulness to deepen our consciousness and um, kind of like accessing our inner knowing and turning that into ways that we can teach ourselves how to move forward in a more like happier and balanced way. We're talking about using your introvert, introverted tendencies to go deeper, having more success with your goals by focusing on the direction rather than the destination. There's just so many good little tidbits, guys. This is actually our second man in a row on the podcast. So look at us. So gender inclusive these days. So I hope you're all having a really great week. It's Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend. We actually opted out of going to our family cabin trip because I've just been traveling so much. I'm going to LA next weekend and the weekend after. So instead we had a friend's giving and my friend Sophie and her husband, Dave and their baby Dylan, who's like the cutest little baby ever. We went and had Chinese food. We had Peking duck, which I'm obsessed with. And then we also made lobster for my grandpa the next night, which was super cute. And then my husband and I also just celebrated on our own. We had a spa day. I got this like Himalayan salt stone massage. It was insanely good. I swear I've never slept so good. Then after that massage, they got out all the nuts and all the kinks. And then we went for a really yummy dinner at Mott 32, which is also Chinese. It was like a very Chinese food filled vibe, but Mott 32 is like very fancy Chinese. And I think there's one in Vegas actually, and there's one in Hong Kong. I don't know where the other ones are, but definitely see if there's one near you. They had a wine cart and they like brought it around to the table. It was a dream. Um, I wore the Fendi was the whole vibe, but yeah, it's been a glamorous Thanksgiving to say the least. So happy Thanksgiving to all the Canadians. And I'm so grateful for all of you and all the American people are probably like, what the fuck? Thanksgiving is not now. <laughs> we do ours a little differently here in the North. Okay. It's just how we roll. All right, let's get into the chakra tip. So the reason I want you guys to realize like the reason that we're so drained is because we're not living our purpose. So if you feel like you're going through your day and you are just like not, you have like really low energy, you feel overwhelmed, it's because you're not living your purpose. Hate to break it to you. And I want to share with you guys for this chakra tip, like this little seven step purpose clarity 
practice that I like to do because it is really what helped me just take action. Like even if I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, it helped me just get more clear and grounded in the direction I wanted to go in. And it's very similar to what we were talking about on the episode today about focusing on the direction rather than the destination. So we're going to get really clear on the actual steps or sorry, not the actual steps. We're getting clear on like the actual direction that you want to go in and like what that destination looks like, but then also just making sure that the momentum and the energy is always going towards it without having to know the exact, you know, the exact way that it's going to happen right now. So anyways, it'll make more sense as I go into it, but I just want you guys to know, like, I totally get it. I've been overwhelmed too. And when I was working in my nine to five job, I was just, I would be like tired by 10 AM and like eating my lunch because I was so bored. (laughs) And now that I'm doing something that I love, I have like all the energy to work all fucking day. I should actually probably work less and take more breaks to be honest. But I just found this like amazing energy. Like I used to think I was lazy. I used to think I had a bad work ethic, but it was just because I was doing the wrong freaking thing. And now there's actually like results that I'm seeing financially in my lifestyle, my bank account, my marriage. My husband was able to quit his job and work with me. And I'm actually going to be doing a free training for you guys that I'm super excited about where I'm sharing my seven chakra abundance pillars to go from hot mess to money magnet. And you should definitely sign up, go to bit.ly slash chakra pillars, and you're ready to roll. I'm really excited about it, but you have to show up live to the training because the spots are very limited and you have to sign up now and it's going to be a game changer. Okay. Like I'm sharing all the tips and rituals, but anyways, I want to get into what I want to share with you guys today right now is this seven step ritual, little clarity practice to just like start getting momentum towards your destination and your purpose and all that kind of stuff. So first off, Again, don't feel like you need to know the how or understand all the steps. All we want you to do is get clarity and start taking some actions, which are going to come to you. So the first step, which is really tapping into the root chakra is to get clear with what you want in life. So think of that like ultimate life of yours that you are like daydreaming about all day and start to really feel into what that would look like. So write down all the things, you know, for your finances, what do you want that to look like? What do you want your day-to-day life to look like? Your relationships, where do you want to be living? What do you want to be wearing? All that kind of stuff. So that's really tapping into the grounding and the root chakra. Then the next step is accessing your sacral chakra energy to really feel it. Like what does that life feel like? And you can even write down like five, five feelings that come up from that life. And start feeling those every day, like go into a little meditation and feel those feelings. And that starts to like percolate your vibrations and your frequency and start directing you towards it right away. And then as we move up to the solar plexus, which is where we want to like really feel your energy, I want you to think about what actions in your life are not aligned with this. So if you've got this clear picture of what you want, what is not aligned? So this is where the overwhelm comes in. So just write down, like, these are the things that are not aligned with it. Okay. And then as we move on to the heart chakra, this is where we really talk about what you want to share with the world. So I want you to get really clear with what is like the biggest lesson that you've learned in your life that you want to share with the world. Cause I feel like everyone's purpose is to share with the world, something that helps them and something that transformed them. So it doesn't matter how you're sharing it yet. I just want you to get really clear on like, what is something that you want to scream from the rooftops? Okay. And again, don't worry about how you're doing it. And then the next step, which is the throat chakra is getting real with the fear. Okay. So what fears are coming up for you around that? Cause our anxiety lives in our throat chakra. So the things that are holding us back from, you know, really going towards the thing that we want that lives in the throat chakra. So we probably don't talk about it. We probably try to shut it out. We probably try to disconnect our mind and our body from each other so that we don't have to face the reality of our fear. So just get really clear on the fear, write down the fears, ask yourself, you know, what would I do if I believed in myself 10% more and just see what comes up from that. 
And then the next step is to access the third eye chakra. So you can just kind of breathe into the third eye. You can close your eyes and you can ask the universe, what would you have me do first? And see if a message comes. If it doesn't right away, that's fine. But you're setting the intention to move in that direction. And then as we access the crown chakra, I want you to just like give up any attachment to the how, any attachment to like trying to figure it out and ask for a sign. Okay. And then start taking the steps, start moving forward. You're going to have something land, whether it's in like five minutes, an hour, two hours, ideas are going to start coming to you and then take the actions on them. Okay. So that's little seven step process. We're going to be going over this more in depth on this free training that I'm doing again, bit which is like L-Y. So I'll just spell it out. So it's like B-I-T period L-Y forward slash chakra pillars. Okay. So we're going to be talking about like how to become a chakra expert. We're going to talk about accessing the vibration of your most fabulous life. We're going to talk about, I'm going to give you guys like my seven minute daily ritual. We're going to talk about releasing past money traumas and how to just like feel abundant now, even if you're feeling broke and sad. And then I'm going to give you an energy action plan to move towards the life that you want. So it's going to be very, very juicy, like very juicy. And you're like what I'm sharing in this training, like you're going to change your life in 60 days. And I know that sounds really fucking cheesy and lame, but I'm like, it's like giving you this time frame of 60 days to really apply all this stuff and you will hundred percent see results in your energy, in your bank account and in your direction. So I'm super excited to share it with you guys. Again, it's free, totally free. Go to bit.ly slash chakra pillars. And we're also going to be linking you guys in the show notes. So make sure you sign up. Okay. Chakra shout out. Mara face oil. I am obsessed. It's my skin has just been so dewy, so glowy. It's insane. And this can be like the one product that you use. I use the universal oil. So I had the founder, Alyssa McNamara, or sorry, Alison McNamara on the show, episode 95. And she shared all about, you know, her products and how amazing they are. And she sent me one and I'm using it every single day. So she said you actually, depending on your skin type, you might not even need to use moisturizer. Like this could be your one product. I love moisturizer. So I do use moisturizer first. And then I put the oil on. I just kind of like dab it onto my cheekbones, my forehead, my chin, and my nose. And to be honest, like usually face oils kind of give me like clogged pores, but this one does not like my face is so clear and so just hydrated. I'm really, really, really loving it. So they actually, I just realized she has like little travel size ones that are only $16. So even if you wanted to test it, you could order those. Um, so I would definitely check it out. I think the website is themarabeauty.com and yeah, go check them out. And check out her episode after this one, which is episode 95. It's time for a Chakra Girl Celebrity Chakra Analysis. Did you like that little tidbit, guys? We are going for it, going for it. I just wanted to really make the Celebrity Chakra analysis analyses stand out because they're so freaking fun. Okay, this week we are doing a celebrity shocker analysis on Travis Scott, who I think the world is a little angry with right now. I don't know if the cheating rumors are true. Bless him. I know Kylie and him are still friends, so I'm not going to rag on him too much, but I just want to know what's going on with this guy, okay? So root chakra. Here's the thing, what I think about his root chakra. I think when people have like a very amazing life and they sabotage it, it typically is because of their root chakra. They don't feel grounded inside. So they want to create an outside reality that is not grounded. And so that's why he has cheated on Kylie. I don't know if he did. I don't know if it's true, but I don't know what he did, but he's obviously sabotaged some because if you're married to like the hottest, youngest billionaire in the world, and then you sabotage that and you have the cutest baby together, there's something not right with your root chakra, son. And then sacral chakra, he's got to be feeling some guilt, shame, worthiness issues, needs to work on the sacral chakra. His solar plexus, I will say, it's pretty lit. I don't know if you've seen him perform, but he is like 
jumping all over the place, screaming. He is like really, I don't want to say he's high vibe because that's a compliment, but he's very energized. We'll put it that way. So his heart chakra, I mean, maybe a little selfish. Maybe he's really all about loving himself and he just couldn't love Kylie. That is a common thing in the heart chakra, but it's kind of sad because when that's your reality, it's because you don't think that you're lovable. So bless his heart, hoping he finds his way. His throat chakra, I mean, I think he's got to have a bit of anxiety, right? And that's where anxiety lives is in the throat. I think his throat chakra probably needs some work. His third eye, his intuition. If he was intuitive, he would have known he would get caught. And then his crown chakra. I'm going to say his crown chakra is not doing well. I hope he doesn't self-destruct. I hope he doesn't go on a downward spiral. But I do hope that he, you know, really is a good dad and can be a good co-parent. And maybe they can come back together someday. But I mean... We just love Kylie and we wish her the best. All right, ladies, let us get into this episode. You're going to love it and make sure you check out the book. Okay. His book is amazing. We're going to be linking you guys to it. So I totally, totally suggest it. Have fun. Welcome back to Shocker Girl Radio. We're here today with someone extra special. Ken Singh is with us today. His stage name is Humble the Poet. That's what you probably know him as. He is a formal school teacher turned creative. His story is so amazing. And it all started with reciting spoken word poetry in coffee shops to impress girls. And it evolved into a creative adventure that has spanned over the last 10 years, crossing genres, mediums, and oceans. He's an author, a hip hop artist, speaker, designer, filmmaker, all the things, guys. I'm reading his book right now. It's titled Things No One Else Can Teach Us. I am absolutely loving it. It's become a part of my morning coffee ritual, and I've honestly just been really inspired. It just He really like makes you look at all things in your life and get like candid about the mistakes and the lessons, and he just knows that we're all on a journey and we're getting out of our comfort zones, and it's not always going to be easy. So I'm kind of a book snob, and I honestly am freaking fanning on this one, so that's that's a big thing. It's really fun to read. So welcome to the show, Kanwar. Thank you for having me. Yay. So happy to have you. So let's dive into our slumber party questions. What is your morning ritual? Who? On a, on a good day? On a good day. <laughs> on a good day, it's waking up um, and having little small victories. So waking up, making my bed, uh, doing 10 push-ups, maybe even doing some pull-ups, um, and then soaking in some sort of inspiration and enjoying some quiet before I start my day. Mm. Um, but to be completely honest, on a not-so-wonderful day, which are more typical, uh, you know, I'm like everybody else. I pick, I, I wake up, I uh, plan my day, then I check my phone, and then my day gets derailed. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened to me this morning as well. But I love that you mentioned, like, small victories. Like, making, like, literally when you make your bed, it feels so much better and it's like the smallest thing yeah and it adds up i think our progress adds up and it, our progress doesn't have to be winning the nobel prize it just has no. to be in our bed uh you know getting those push-ups out you know reading from a few pages from that book and and, and just doing the things that we ideally want to do before you know life life changes our plans yes love it do you use crystals or essential oils or is there some kind of like spiritual wellness tool that you're into right now um i i've been gifted uh uh, crystals uh especially being out here on the west coast i I mean that wasn't something i was really exposed to uh in toronto or you know even within my heritage um and and i'm a big fan of the the idea behind the intention of them and, and and the love that you know, that was put into them from the person who, who gifted them to me. Um, uh, it, it's the same with essential oils. I'm, I'm really big on, you know, understanding the seen and the unseen and the pragmatic and the philosophical and spiritual side of all things. So, you know, if somebody says to me, you know, here, I bought you this teddy bear, this teddy bear will bring you calm. 
you know, I'm not going to specifically recognize the, the healing power of the teddy bear, but I also understand the love and the intention behind it. And, you know, even from a scientific perspective, you know, waves, frequencies, energies, and vibes all exist and impact us. And if that teddy bear is full of good vibes, then I'm going to feel those good vibes. Mm -hmm. I think from that perspective, uh, uh, there aren't too many tools that I've been able to explore uh, for me on a spirit, my spiritual uh, fitness generally comes from quiet and movement, going for long walks and um, discovering things that I hadn't previously discovered in my life. I'm a lifelong learner. Mm, I love that. And like, to your point with crystals, like, that's so true. It's not like this rock is changing your fucking life. It's like, it has an intention. So every time you look at it, every time you're in its presence, that is what makes the shift. And if someone gave it to you with love, then that's the beauty in it. Completely. Love. Okay. Who is your favorite Kardashian? Um, interestingly enough i mean i personally will probably say kim you know the originator i think um og um the og i think culturally what she what she accomplished um i think is phenomenal you know i think you know if this was 15 years ago and you heard the idea of somebody you know, leaking a video of you being intimate with somebody you care about, you know, that some people looked at that as the end of the world. Some people have taken their own lives because of that. And she went and took something like that and flipped it on his head and created an empire around it. And I mean, like, that's, that's the premise of my book, Things No One Else Can Teach Us. It's this idea that we have this, you know, eternal power to take any shit and turn it into sugar. And she did that. And now, you know, um, Anne-Marie Johnson, you know, one of the women she helped get out of prison. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to watch her do a live talk. And, you know, it was phenomenal. And to know that she's making direct impact on so many people's lives. So just outside of the, the television show and, and you know, the, the, the format of reality TV and the pros and cons of it, I just think she's such a very interesting and phenomenal person. And back in the days, Kanye West referred to her as the modern uh, the modern day Marilyn Monroe. And I think she's dramatically exceeded that. Mm, yeah. I think all the stuff that she's doing, you know, with the law and like you mentioned, like getting people out of prison and she's starting to be a little bit more of an activist, which is so, so powerful because her platform is huge. And especially like the type of people that follow her, probably their eyes haven't been open to this before. So she's doing it. Yeah. She's a really good example of putting the pill in the applesauce. Yes. I love that. Okay. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh man. Um, I mean, I like weed. I don't know if that counts as a guilty pleasure. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> I mean, does it like help you like go deeper, like with your writing and everything? Um, it helps when it helps and it doesn't help when it doesn't help. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh, yeah. You know, some moments better than others. It definitely, um, for me, It'll take two parts, two pieces of my life that were previously unconnected and make a connection between them and me just being like, wow. And um, that allows me to come up with a few epiphanies that allows me to take an idea that was previously kind of heavy and make it a little bit lighter. Um, it, helped me, it helps me simplify things a lot. Um, and it also, uh, you know, and the other way too, it also makes me overthink some decisions. I think mm. it's definitely a double-edged sword as with most things in life. Um, so that's probably, you know, one guilty pleasure. Um, I'm just trying to think in terms of like, I don't, I don't really watch too much trash. Um, I'm, I'm a TV snob. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think what other guilty, guilty pleasure. Um, I mean, I, I do, I do read a lot of hip hop gossip. Oh, are there like specific like hip hop gossip websites that we need to be on? <laughs> no, because I'm trying, I have them on ad block and I have them on like, <laughs> I don't want to encourage anybody else. But, and, and, and the thing is, it's like, and it's just me getting suckered into like uh, clickbait. And I mean, and, and most of these hip hop websites at this point are literally just reporting on things that hip hop artists are posting on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So it'll just be like the game has this really interesting take on Kim Kardashian and you think it's an interview and you realize like the game mentioned Kim Kardashian in a, in a comment. Yeah. Nothing, nothing even newsworthy. I'm just like, man, 
I could just follow these people on Instagram instead of but it's it's become a bad habit of mine. Oh, I'm the same way with anything Real Housewives related, so don't worry. Oh, and, and Reddit. Reddit is a big. Oh, book. Reddit. Yeah, Reddit's a good one too. That's a, that's 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 another one when I want to procrastinate. I'm on Reddit. Yes. <laughs> okay, so tell us everything. You went from school teacher to, you know, doing all these amazing things. Was there some kind of like awakening or like coming to Jesus moment or how did it all transition? Yeah, it was probably more of a coming to Satan moment. Than yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I was I was teaching and it was, you know, it was my first time having a career and it was the first time like, you know, you leave work and you don't have homework because you're not a student anymore. And I was just, you know, enjoying being young and having a salary and like going out. And I ended up seeing a spoken word performance, you know, at some uh, concert. And I'd always been writing, um, but I'd always been focusing on something more practical for career. So, you know, I was more into the maths and I I also had a degree in IT. So I was doing coding and stuff. And I ended up becoming a teacher and, and focusing on that and when I, once I saw this this performance, this spoken word performance, I was like, yo, I could do this too. And this would be a really good way to like break the ice with girls. And I was doing it for fun. And I'd be going to coffee shops and performing at open mics and everything. And it started to kind of take a life of its own. And then I spent one summer uh, in the Bay, in a, a small city uh, outside of San Francisco called Daly City. And I was staying with this uh, local rapper. And just being a part of his hustle and watching him every day, like do a show for 50 bucks, do a show for a hundred bucks, help somebody out for 20 bucks and pay his rent that way. And just watching him be an artist all day and all night made me fall in love with it. And then a few months later, somebody I was was working with said, Hey, I can get us a record deal. And, you know, without even looking at the paperwork, I quit my job and I jumped into it thinking I was this full-time artist now that had a lot of money coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was at the end of 2010. And then all of 2011, I lived this artist's life, waiting for this check to come in the mail. And I was, uh, you know, living off of credit cards and line of credit. And then it took a lot of denial. But by the end of uh, uh, 2011, I realized this record deal was never coming. The person that promised that it was coming, he disappeared as well. And then by the end of 2010, uh, 2011, sorry, I was about $80,000 in debt. Um, I didn't have any means of earning any money um, and I had no idea what artists did to make money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when my journey actually began. And uh, that kind of created the humble, the poet that you're speaking to now. And, you know, there was a lot of self-pity. There was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of feeling that I didn't deserve to make art anymore. You know, I was, I was, I was creating every single day, spoken word poetry. I was writing uh, prose. I was also uh, making music. And then all of a sudden I was like, you don't deserve to do any of this. You had to like figure out where the money's at. And I was doing everything and anything I could to like pay my mortgage, pay my bills, uh, you know, some inspiring decisions, some less than inspiring decisions. And then eventually I took personal responsibility. I was like, look, you can't keep doing this. Like you can't keep just trying to stay afloat. And then I sold my place. I sold all my possessions and I moved back home with my head down to my parents uh, you know, listen to their I told you so's. And then I started from from zero. And uh, I started learning the world of creativity and commerce put together and learning that, you know, a lot of artists don't make their money from music, they make their money from the performances, and they make their money from the merchandise that they make selling at the performances. And uh, it took me about five years at that point to get myself out of debt and uh, kind of figure things out. And I had a couple of low moments, I almost went back to work uh as a teacher i almost gave up on everything and then i kind of had this moment where i was like look just you're better off doing this for six months and just dying than living a a long healthy life doing anything else and i think that was kind of the that that was my my growth so what happened was you know these these dishonest nefarious people i was around promised me this record deal um you know at that point, I considered them bad people. Now I'm grateful it happened. Happened, You know, I think what they did was they pushed me off a cliff and forced me to discover my wings. Yeah. And I did discover my wings. And I probably about the end of 2014, I got out of debt. And then after that, I started, you know, keeping the momentum going. And uh, now, 10 years later, I'm in, I'm in a good space. 
Yeah. And that's like reinvention after reinvention after reinvention. And it like takes courage to step away from a life that you think is your path and then move into something else. And there's a quote in your book where you say, I'd given myself permission to let go of an identity that no longer fit. And that just like gave me goosebumps. So what did like, how did you like mentally get over those blocks? Like those days where you were like, you know, I'm a failure or, you know, what did that process look like? I feel like there's people listening who are probably not in the life that they want to be in. So where can they begin to kind of loosen the grip on that? Um, I, and, and, you're, and you're absolutely right. There's definitely, I mean, I was one of these people that was desperately looking to hear the right words to feel better about myself. And I'm going to be 1000% honest. They don't exist. I remember specifically listening to, uh, you know, J.K. Rawlings, the, the author of Harry Potter, she did a commencement speech and she said, you know, her story was like, she was on welfare and then she wrote this book and now she's a billionaire. And, I, you know, and she wrote, and she said that in her speech, you know, rock bottom was the foundation I built myself up on. Mm. And I remember specifically not finding that inspirational being like, how do I know I've hit rock bottom? I thought I hit rock bottom yesterday and today I feel even lower. And I don't know if I'm going to feel even lower tomorrow. And I think that's kind of where my brand of writing came from. It came from that frustrated person who didn't want to hear no fluffy bullshit. He wanted to hear some pragmatic, real stuff. And I think, you know, what helped me get out of my hole and then eventually discover, you know, my foundation and build upon it was, it was a combination of a time, you know, I needed, I spent about two, three weeks just laying in bed, drinking NyQuil and not wanting to deal with the world. Um, that wasn't a healthy decision, but definitely the time that, that those two, three weeks definitely helped me heal. Mm. Uh, I needed that time to heal um, because once I got up off of my ass and said, all right, it's time to work. Like you got to figure this out. This is nobody else's responsibility, but your own. Um, I don't think I would have been able to do that initially when I first realized that, you know, this money wasn't coming. There is no deal. I needed that time uh, to heal. So I think the first thing I need people to realize is a, take some time to heal. Um, not all of us have the luxury of taking time. I didn't have the luxury. I had bills due. I had everything. But, you know, we have to learn to rest and not quit. Mm. And I was fortunate that I did rest. Um, and then, you know, I things got better very, very slowly. As I said, like I was, I was in 80 grand debt in 2011, but it took about five years for me to get out of that. So, you know, I slowly crawled my way out of debt, selling t-shirts, uh, you know, writing my first book on learn, selling it independently at shows, selling it online, applying for grants, getting gigs. Sometimes you had a really good gig. Sometimes you didn't. Um, it was up and down and, and things slowly got better. And to be honest, you know, even, you know, we all still go through days where we feel like failures or we feel like we're not doing enough. I don't think those feelings go away, but I think movement and action and baby steps, you know, are a great way to address it. Um, I don't want anyone listening to this interview thinking that, you know, uh, oh, now all my problems are solved. Definitely, yeah. you know, uh, a good example is I sold, you know, the condo I was living in, I sold it. I couldn't afford it no more. I had to sell it. Mm. and um you know somebody who had lent me money had originally said to me uh, i feel so bad that you have to sell your home to, to pay me back i wish you didn't have to and i said something you know cocky and casual back then just because i was hurt and i wanted to hide it and i said oh don't worry i'll be able to afford two one day mm. mm -hmm. yeah i and, and and the problem was that condo was on a subway station. So whenever I took the subway in the city, I would see it and it would literally make my body shake. Like it'd be traumatic to view it because mm -hmm. it was a representation of my failure. Um, that trauma only went away when I made the money to buy two. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like I didn't have a philosophical, like, Oh, I'm okay with it now. I'm at peace. I had to make the progress and look at it and be like, all right, cool. If I want that now I can get it. Um, totally. That was eight years. So I, I want people to understand that this isn't just simply philosophical. Um, there's a there's a side of me that had to make money to get over feeling like a failure, and that money didn't come overnight. That took a long time. 
Yeah. I feel like sometimes we actually have to prove it to ourselves. Like it's not, sometimes it's not like, oh, once I, you know, repeat these mantras and quotes that I saw on Instagram, then I'm going to have the courage to keep going. No, it's like, sometimes you just need to fucking keep going. And then once you prove it to yourself, then you can have your own quotes. <laughs> yeah. And, and it also means we have to take responsibility. The truth yes. was, I wasn't a victim of the people who lied to me. The truth was I was cutting corners. I believed in their lie because I wanted to believe their lie. And I didn't want to do the work that was actually necessary to get there. I never wanted to be a struggling artist. And the gift that the universe gave me was making me a struggling artist. Yeah. You know? I was always like, no, I'm going to work my teaching job. And if somebody offers me more money than I make as a teacher, then I'll leave this job to become an artist. Yeah. And that's what I did. I didn't have the courage to pursue my real calling as an artist until somebody put that in front of me and it ended up being fraudulent, but that was what made me pull the trigger and, you know, fall off that cliff and figure out before I hit the ground, how to fly. Totally. And I feel like, you know, as millennials, not to millennial shame, <laughs> sometimes we want the result and don't want to do the work. And I mean, I don't even know if it's just millennials, I think people in general. So I think that's such a good point. Like, being holding yourself accountable and being real with yourself. Like, what am I resisting? And, you know, when I take those steps, that's going to move me forward, not sitting here and complaining about it. Yeah, completely. And I think that's probably a a big message that I've even been sharing with people close to me in my life. It's like, look, you can do whatever you want to do, but complaining can't be part of that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not an option because nothing comes from complaining. Yeah. And, and, and as well, you know, in the book, I have, I have a whole section on self-pity and it's, it's because it's, it's dangerous. I understand why we do it, but it's not going to help us. And so often, you know, as you, as you brought up with, with millennials, we, we, we are definitely, you know, we have this level of entitlement where we all believe we can, you know, live a life where we, we're making a bunch of money and we love our job and everything is fulfilling, you know, knowing that our, our parents' generation, that, that, that wasn't even a thing. They just needed to pay the bills. Um, and I think it's important that you recognize that most of the people that you think are living their passions are actually living their obsessions. And, mm-hmm. and they put in a work, they put in an, an amount of work that most people can't conceive. And also, even, even though they are living these lives, uh, you know, a little bit more on their own terms, there's still a lot of bullshit they're dealing with. Nobody gets to avoid the bullshit of life. Just some of us get to choose the bullshit. Mm, so true. And like your book is like, it's called things no one else can teach us. It's like the bullshit is what teaches us the lessons. And like in this day and age where like self-help is everything and like all like, that's like this like top industry right now, but really we just need to teach ourselves through taking the action. We've all experienced those trials and tribulations and it'd be so much more easily turned into a lesson if we had the help of someone that we could trust to talk to about it and work it out. So you should definitely check out BetterHelp. It's an online counseling platform where you get to connect with professional counselors safely and privately online, and you don't even have to leave the house. You can finally get that support on your own time without having to book in on someone else's schedule. And I'm so glad that this has become a thing because you can do it at your own pace on video on phone. You can even text with your counselor and they're totally licensed professional counselors. They specialize in all the things, depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and anything you share is totally confidential. Plus you don't need to worry about running into anyone at this awkward waiting room setting and, you know, trying to hide what you're there for. And you know, what's really great too, is if you want to switch counselors for any reason, you can do that at any time, no extra charge. And since they specialize in so many different areas, you can take a few different counselors for a test drive. There are 3000 of them to choose from in over 50 States and BetterHelp is available worldwide. So anyone can use it. And when you sign up, you start talking to someone in under 24 hours, but remember it's not a crisis line. 
You can actually schedule a weekly session. So you're always on top of your mental health and financial aid is actually available for people who qualify. It's secure. It's convenient. It's professional. I did counseling at the beginning of my journey. Sometimes I pop into a session just to freshen up. And let me tell you, it has really, really helped me release a lot. And best of all, with BetterHelp, it's truly affordable. And Chakra Girl listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code Chakra. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Chakra. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and you'll get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash Chakra. Is there like any like tip or advice that you can give to someone who is like really like, you know, they wake up, they know what they need to do, but they've got every excuse not to do it. Like, is there some kind of like tip that you could give them so that they can get moving towards it today? Um, I mean, my, my big rule was you're either making progress or you're making excuses. Mm. Um, I think, you know, the way I speak to myself and, and, and just based off the neighborhood I grew up in and based off the way I was raised and, and my heritage it was a little bit more rough around the edges. So I, I spoke to myself like, look, get up off your ass. Let's make this happen. Sink or swim. Um, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older, I understand to have a little bit more compassion towards other people who don't communicate like that. And I think we all have to recognize that our, when we're not moving, it comes from fear and it's okay to be afraid. You know, we, we are, uh, you know, we're in uncharted territory. You know, when you leave your comfort zone, you know, you're in a situation that you don't recognize, but that's where growth is. And I think mm-hmm. the big thing to remind people is we, we're, we're avoiding challenges and we're avoiding discomfort, but it's going to find us. Mm-hmm. You know? So we're better off chasing the challenges and chasing the discomfort. Cause if we, if we chase it, instead of it chasing us, then we'll benefit from our interactions with it. You know, uh, you know, life is like the gym, you know, an easy day at the gym was a bad day at the gym. Mm. We have to struggle. We have to have some resistance. It's got to suck. Um, and that's not going away. Television promised us happily ever after, but that that's not a thing. Um, we to, to live is to be dealing with bullshit and challenges and to feel some suffering. And we can, take that energy and make something from it as creatives. You know, that's what art is. Art is taking pain and confusion and making something beautiful from it. Um, and I think if we, if we realize that and we can get up and try to make things happen and it's not just, you know, and, and, and Nike already said, it. you know, just do it. But what I would encourage people from a more pragmatic standpoint is, you know, if you know what you want to accomplish, I would, you know, the night before plan it out. And when I mean plan it out, I mean plan it out in your calendar. Like, all right, I'm waking up at 8.15. All right, I'm having breakfast from 8.30 to 8.55. All right, I'm going to the gym. And anything that you end up not doing, take that task and break it down. You know, so even if it's simply like, oh, I didn't make it to the gym today. All right, step one, put on my gym shoes and my gym outfit. What are certain hacks I can do? Maybe I should wear my gym clothes to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, you know, there's other little cheats. There's this, this magical evil powder called pre-workout powder. You know? <laughs> it's the answer to everything. It's the answer to everything. But if you take that, you'll definitely be motivated to go to the gym. And, yeah. you know, it, it just, you know, do what you got to do to to make things happen and establish that routine. And the more you do it, the better off it is. And this is going to be a lifelong thing. You know, I might, you know, for a whole year, wake up, do my push-ups, and, and make my bed. But now I want to include pull-ups, and next I want to include uh, yoga, and then I want to include some Pilates and spin class. I'm always going to be building upon it. You know, we're we're a work in progress. We're we're a piece of art that way, and we're not done until we're dead. Mm. So I think we kind of have to sign up for that. It, it's uh, you know, and just as I talk about in the book, let's enjoy the rainbow and not even think about the pot of gold. Mm, and I love when you talk about that. One of the things that you mentioned, can you, I want you to, I want you to say it cause I'm going to butcher it, but you, you relate that, uh, concept to when we learn the alphabet. Can you explain that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, as I said, I used to be a school teacher and, um, you know, fortunately I also had to do a little bit of coverage in kindergarten, mm-hmm. uh, for like half an hour a week. And, you know, you're watching these little kids who are barely human and, and you're watching the teacher trying to explain to them the phonetics of the alphabet. 
And then you start to realize that like, hey, like this is laying the groundwork for these kids to read. And, you know, if, if the goal is to get a child to read Harry Potter or to get a child to even, or to get someone to read my book, you know, that's almost a 10 year plan, you know, and, and step one. And, and what it is, is you're taking, you, you don't just say, you don't just throw the book in front of the child and be like, all right, read it. You know, you, you take it and you break it down into manageable tasks. You're like, all right, step one, show them the alphabet. Step two, teach them the sounds of each letter. Step three, put two letters together. You know, T-O makes two. D-O makes do. And then let's do three letters. C-A-T is cat. You know, B-A-T is bat. And we're going to keep working our way all the way up until they can read complex novels. Um, it happens slowly. It happened gradually. Somebody else was monitoring your progress. You, didn't, you weren't paying attention to the progress you were making, but it ended up working because most people, especially on this side of the planet, can read. Yeah. And that's the rainbow. That's not the pot of gold. You know, that's, in, that's focusing on the journey and, and enjoying each step of the way. And I think for anything else people want to do in their life, they got to do that. I'm dealing with a back injury right now. You know, I want to do deadlifts again. I can't, I'm not allowed to do deadlifts because of my injury. So what I have to do is go back and start with basic movements, you know, learning how to bend over again, uh, learning how to sit properly, uh, learning how to stretch my hamstrings and my calves. And, but I'll slowly make those baby steps until eventually I can start doing, you know, deadlifts and I can start doing squats and I can start doing exercises that I was able to do when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it's about like celebrating every tiny win and every tiny victory as well. Cause it's like, say so you're like trying to lose 20 pounds. Like if you're not happy until you've lost the 20th pound, like that sounds fucking miserable and you'll probably never get there because unless you're happy and enjoying the process, you're probably going to quit. And as well, and that was a good point that you brought up. It's, it's not even healthy to set 20 pounds as a goal. Instead, set a direction. Yeah. Set a direction in your life that will continually allow you to make healthier choices and lose weight. And that way, you know, you'll pass that 20 pounds and you will and you, and you won't make that promise to yourself about how good you'll feel when you lose the 20 pounds. Because that's the other challenge is we start to promise ourselves how good it's going to feel when we hit a goal, mm-hmm. not realizing that we're, we're very inaccurate. You know, when I make that first million, I'm going to feel like this or even for me, like when I got out of debt how good it was going to feel. It felt great, but it felt great for like five hours. And then my mind was like, what's next? Yeah. And instead, what I, what I should have done and what I do now is like, all right, let's make decisions that will continually make me more money. But there is no goal. Let's make decisions that will continually allow me to burn more calories than I take in. Uh, let's make more decisions that continually give me more energy. Let's make more decisions that will continually allow me to feel like I'm improving my posture, I'm improving the way I dress, I'm improving my relationships with other people. You know, I think if we focus on the direction and we don't set goals, uh, then we can celebrate every single day that we've stayed the course. Mm. No no peak to the mountain. I love that. And that's so true that like, we think that it's going to feel so amazing. Like I always like, I always say when I, when I, set like an intention or, you know, a direction that I, my goal is to just feel like, yeah, of course this is happening. Not to be like, oh my, like not expected to be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe this is so great. Like you should, you should expect that it's going to be amazing so that when it happens, you're just like, oh, this, this is great. Of course I'm content with this. If you're like chasing those manic highs, you're probably going to create manic lows for yourself. Exactly. And we're all just chasing these dopamine drops, whether we're counting yeah. followers, whether we're, and, and they come in every way, shape or form. And I think that's, again, one of the premises of the book is just to be like, look, we're all doing it for the same reasons. There's just, there's better ways to go about it because some ways aren't as sustainable as others. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think, I mean, obviously another theme to the book is awareness and it takes all of this inward reflection and being real with ourselves. Can you explain like how you became more aware and why it's so important to you? Um, that's a really good question. Um, that, that first question, I'll start with the second question. Okay. It's extremely important to become self-aware. Like uh, knowing yourself is, is, you know, that's the ticket to knowing everybody else and, and knowing the universe around you. Um, I think so often, you know, we're taught to, to, to look around us and, and focus on the external, not realizing that the, the, the real clarity will come from understanding the internal. 
um, how we go about that, I think the best thing to do is have conversations with yourself. You know, uh, if you went on a first date with somebody, you'd have a bunch of questions you want to ask them. Um, these are the same kind of questions. And, you know, in the beginning, you're asking superficial questions like, hey, what do you do? How do you like spending your time? Whatever. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? <laughs> you know, but then eventually you get deep. Like, why is that your favorite color? Or when, how old were you when you realized that was your favorite color? And, and these deeper questions um, are the type of questions that you can ask for yourself. So, like, even for me, like, you know, in the beginning, being like, okay, I love writing. Well, when did I discover that? Oh, shit. Like, I wrote a book in the third grade and, and I read it and the kids loved it and I got to read it every day for a week. Uh, oh shit, in high school I used to write poems for my, my friends and girlfriends. And like, oh, like there's this common theme that I never really picked up on. Or, oh, my, my relationships with, with women, um, you know, certain things that I find uh, attractive or unattractive have a lot to do with the women I grew up with in my life because they set a tone for what women should be for me. Like, oh, and you know, that's not a, that's not a very, accurate way to judge a person so maybe i gotta i can unlearn that mm. you know and being like oh just because these people don't act like the people in my family that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them and like oh i get why i like that because it's familiar we mm. all lean towards familiar stuff that's why you know fila and champion are making a comeback you know the companies understand 20 years from you know every 20 years you can recycle fashion because mm -hmm. it touch upon people's nostalgia mm -hmm. and so i think kind of asking yourself these questions, spending time with yourself. I think that's the big thing. So I think most people do everything and anything they can to avoid being alone. Mm -hmm. And all the answers come from spending time by yourself. And I'm not even saying like sit in the woods and meditate. I mean, just like go for a walk and don't put anything in your ears and don't take your phone with you and just be stuck with yourself and start having a conversation and, and be as honest as you can. And, you know, ask yourself questions. And if you don't like somebody, ask yourself why you don't like them and just talk it out. Um, I think writing is really good. You know, I have, uh, you know, files on my Google Docs where I just vomit out my feelings and my ideas. You know, that's my, my free therapy. And you just mm -hmm. keep typing and typing and typing until there's nothing left to type. And you start to realize stuff and you start to put two and two together and you start making connections and being like, oh, this, this came from that or oh, and it's helped me realize so many things about my own intentions. Because the thing is, it's very difficult for us to be honest with ourselves. It's not, you know, our, there's a biological element of us that, that, that is aiming to protect us. You know, our, you know we're, we're still animals that are just really wired to eat, sleep and have sex. Mm -hmm. So when you try to do anything outside of that, like go to the gym, like, read a book, like do other things, your brain's going to be like, oh, this is spending energy that we don't want you to spend. So let, here's an excuse why you can't go to the gym today because it's raining or, or you, don't have, you don't have matching socks to go with your shoes or whatever the excuse we make. And I think being aware of that and being like, all right, listen, I know why these excuses are coming. I'm going to move despite them. And once you're at the gym, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I got here. You know? Yeah. The ego yeah. likes to keep you comfortable in the comfort zone where everything is the same, <laughs> but we don't want to be the same. We want to grow. And I think what you were saying um, before about like chasing, like you need to almost like chase the struggle because you know that that's what's, there's going to be, you know, growth in that. And that's, what's going to move you forward. And then, so if you're afraid of that and you're afraid of being alone with your thoughts and you're afraid of looking at your thoughts, it's like, you don't trust your own resilience. Like it's okay to have the darkness come up or have the struggle come up. It's like you were fucking resilient. Like you're going to get through it and you're going to learn from it. Completely. And I think another really great point that we talked about, you know, there's no growth in our comfort zone. I think people need to also understand that there's no safety in our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and I'm talking about, you know, so like, for example, you know, my mother didn't want me to leave teaching. You know, she, she said, you know, it was a safe and secure job and not to leave it to be an artist. You know, not realizing that, you know, a couple of years later, there were enough government cutbacks that would have got me fired anyways, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's why I think the yin yang is a really beautiful symbol because it shows you like, you know, from your comfort can emerge challenges and from challenges can emerge comfort, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, the colors are popping out of both. And the truth is the growth happens when we're in the unfamiliar, when we're in the chaos. Um, and that's what we have to do. But if we have two feet on one side and, and it's too much discomfort and too much chaos, we get, we get anxiety, you know, and we get overwhelmed. But the other way is if we spend too much time in our comfort, we get, we, we start to get atrophy. We start to shrink 
uh, we start to get bored. We start to lose our spirit. And then all of a sudden, if something that's off script happens to us, we're ill-prepared. And that's when we panic. And that's when we have traumatic experiences. Mm, So true. So on that struggle tip, let's move on to manic moments and manifesting. Because we want to get real that spiritual, aware, and successful people have meltdowns too. So we're going to talk about our last meltdown and the last thing that we manifested. And I'll go first. So I fully screamed at my husband the other day after he cooked me a beautiful dinner because he made a suggestion about my business. And I think he might've been right, which made it even more hard to look at. And it meant that I would have had to do more work and I just lost it. So he's actually a partner in my business, which I'm so grateful and like so lucky to have. And the awareness kicked in and I realized what I was doing. And he was actually super sweet and as I was like crying in the bedroom while my dinner was getting cold, he came and like talked to me and we like talked it out, but you've got to have, that's the thing. If I didn't have that awareness, I probably just would have stayed mad. So you've got to talk about it. You've got to look at it. And then in terms of manifestation, this is a little material, but I was super excited because I'm getting my fall wardrobe in place. And I tried on this top in Paris um, a couple weeks ago and it was like 400 euros and I wanted it so bad, but I had just gone on a crazy shopping spree the day before. So I was being a little bit mindful and was like, okay, I'll let this one pass. But then I was stalking their website and I did this little manifesting practice where I put all the things that I want to buy in my shopping cart, even though I'm not necessarily buying them right now. And then I got an alert that the shirt that I tried on went on sale for $200 Canadian. So my manifesting practice worked and I ordered it. (laughs) I set the intention. Okay. What is your last meltdown? Oh, um, yeah, I I just, you know, it's, it's, it's not healthy, but I, I just grew up in a place that you know, it didn't really provide a lot of space for, for guys to have feelings about anything. So I've been, you know, it's been a very, it's, it's been a habit of mine to kind of just internalize things and try to sort them out accordingly. Um, I still do have arguments with people that I care about every so often. Um, and they're usually attributed to environmental and external factors like something else is on my mind and nobody knows it's on my mind and then they trigger it or I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not sure if I had, if if I've had a meltdown in a a while, I'm very good at being unpleasant without being loud or I'm, or I'm, I'm naturally loud. So you can't tell when I'm, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but generally it's probably out of frustration with something I hadn't been able to communicate with somebody and you know you let it bottle up and then it comes out at the wrong time in the wrong ways Mm, do you feel like the internalizing has been something that has helped you become so like philosophical because you had to like sort out your feelings on your own uh yeah and I mean just like with the weed and everything else in life it's been a double-edged sword yeah it's given people the impression that I'm this zen-like creature because I don't they don't see me complain. They don't see me go on internet rants. They don't mm-hmm. see, you know, they don't see me do that. And I don't, and, and, and I don't even have like a person that I like vent to. I don't have mm-hmm. either. So I really do kind of internalize these things and, you know, probably should, you know, as everybody should, you know, find somebody who knows how to handle these things like a therapist and their job is to take some of your chaos and help you turn it into order. Um, so I think it's definitely helped me and it's made me take a lot of personal ownership in terms of sorting these things out. And then when I do sort them out, I share them with the world, hence, you know, my book. Um, and I feel like that adds value to help people sort out their own thoughts and lives. And that was one of the goals with the book too, especially with the stories. I, you know, the stories are mine, but the stories are things that we've all gone through. Mm. I think that was the goal. It wasn't for me to kind of have these stories that no one else can connect to. It was like, oh, I've been in a situation where I've met a rude person and I want to let it off on them, but I can't for whatever reason. Or I, I have FOMO. You know, there's, there's stories of FOMO in there. There's stories of heartbreak in there. There's stories of having to turn the other cheek. And these are things that we've all gone through um, from that perspective. But I think definitely um, because I'm a writer, I do have that escape. And I can, you know, I can, I can put my frustrations 
in my art and share that with the world as well. Um, but I think for most people, I do encourage them to find somebody to talk to and maybe not a friend. I do think maybe a professional is the best way to do it because they're, they're already ready to take your shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and friends are sometimes biased. Like they'll be like, no, no, you didn't do anything wrong. And they'll like take your side, even when you're probably not a hundred percent in the right. <laughs> there's that. And as well as they're your friends, like, yeah. Spend time having fun with your friends. Don't be dumping your shit on them. And I think it's because they got their shit too. And I think so often we take vulnerability as currency, you know, like if, if I want to become closer friends with you, I just start telling you my deeper, darker secrets. Mm-hmm. That makes us feel closer. But, you know, you're a human being and you have your own stuff that you got to deal with. And the last thing I should be doing is trying to put stuff on your shoulders. And yeah, we can still have a healthy friendship that, that comes from growing together versus, you know, you being the person that I'm petty with, or you're being the person that I feel safe enough to, to, to say things to because I couldn't say them to my boss or I couldn't say yeah. them to, to the people in my life. So I think from that perspective, um, I, I do encourage people to start looking into budgeting in a, a therapist. Most people yeah. complain about the money when it comes to that. But I feel like, you know what, it's, it's probably as important as seeing the dentist and seeing a doctor regularly now. Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, our show sponsor is BetterHelp. It is an online counseling platform, um, so we'll link you guys to that as well. Uh, and then also, oh, what is your star sign? Because I feel like that might have something to do with it. Um, I am July twelfth. So that makes sense. Oh, what are you then? Is that a Leo? Cancer. Cancer. See, that's yeah. So cancers are like actually quite emotional, but the cancer is is all about like the yin and the yang. So it's like, you're emotional, but you just don't always show it. Yeah. It's a good one. Almost. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm emotional, but I don't show it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. I'm the same way. Okay. Um, okay. What is the last thing that you manifested? Ooh, damn. I feel like I just, I just recently um, signed with a Hollywood agent. Hey, yeah. love it. Um, and it wasn't exactly manifesting the the agent that because that wasn't a goal. I, I I wasn't here in LA to to have meetings, and it was somebody who's like, "Hey, are you in LA? I need you to speak with somebody." And I ended up signing with an agent. But I think what I was manifesting was getting to a point in my career where my ideas held more value than uh, anything else. You know, mm. when you're first starting, you ha- you're responsible for your you're responsible for getting the word out on your work as well. So like, not only do I have to have a book, I have to sell that book. I have to, you know, I have to make sure I have enough followers that will want to read the book. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I got a book deal in the first place. It was, you know, I had to leverage more than just my ideas. You know, they didn't simply, you know, it's, it's a business. They don't simply say, hey, he's a great writer. Let's give him a deal. It's like, oh, he's a great writer. And he has, you know, almost half, half a million followers. So let's, you know, let's give them a deal based off of that. And I always wanted to be in a situation where I could just focus on my ideas and not focus on having to market them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now this relationship with, uh, with this agent and, and the people that he's been putting me in front of and the meetings I've been having are just that. These are people that are just like, we're looking for fresh ideas. We're looking for fresh voices and we love your story. And I think they don't care how many followers I have. They don't care that I have famous friends. They don't care about all these other things that I've had to, uh, you know, put stickers on to, to, to make my work more shiny. Mm. Um, that's something I want to manifest for a long time. And I realize I'm finally getting there. Yes. Deep, stepping deeper into the creative and we love you for you, not just your followers. No. And I, <laughs> and I appreciate And I mean, when people take your stuff, you get more followers too. Right. So it's, it, it, it's not that I think it's just for a very long time. Um, that's all I had Yeah. to, to kind of work for me. It was, you know, I had to, I had to sell products on, I had to post about products on internet. I, I had on Instagram, I had to, you know, leverage that to, to, to get a show. I had to leverage it a lot. And I think now getting to the point where people are like, Hey, let's, let's hear these ideas and, and, and we'll, we'll figure out a way to make sure the world knows it's ready when it's time. Yeah. Love it. Well, so excited for you and all of the things that are happening. You must, must check out his book, Things No One Can Teach Someone. Things No One Else Can Teach Us. It's so amazing. Can you tell us where we can find you online? Uh, yeah. So my website's humblethepoet.com. And then I'm on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, 
all of Medium, TikTok, Snapchat. I'm on everything. I'm oh, wow. To, I'm, I'm connecting with everybody the way they need to be connected. And, and my handles are all Humble the Poet. And um, yeah, and then the book's available everywhere. If you're in Canada, you know, definitely check it out at Indigo. If you're in the States, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all those good places. Um, you know, everybody's been giving me some good shelf space and, and, and really uh, enjoying the message. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm super grateful for it. And, and, and I really appreciate you as well for uh, sharing your audience with me and your platform. It means a lot. Of course. We're super excited. So we'll also link everyone to the book. We'll link everyone to you. So thank you so much, Kenwar. And thank you everyone so much for listening. We love you, mean it. And we'll catch you next week. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, karma's real. So if you love this episode, go leave a comment, rate us five stars, and subscribe. And you're going to manifest a mini heart chakra upgrade because you got to give if you want to receive. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at chakragirlco and shoot me a DM. I'm here to chat. Also, you can find more info on this episode at chakragirlco.com. That's where you're going to access the show notes. And while you're on my website, check out the newest online hotspot, the Chakra Girl Glam and Grounded membership. We would love to help you activate those chakras, babe. So step into that chic life and join us in the Glam and Grounded membership. Love you, mean it. See you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.